Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. clapping and cheering yes they were clapping and cheering because we're we're live sir we are alive and on the air right now with podbean.com i'm still not exactly in love with their live stream function but what the hell right it's free we like free mostly yeah i mean mostly you know (laughs) Hey, tonight's Corner to Corner is brought to you by Dubby Energy Drinks, W.G.G. D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Go there right now. Use the coupon code C2C Radio. Get yourself a shot of energy with Dubby Energy Drinks. These guys are our official sponsors. And, uh, hey, you got some really great flavors here for you to check out. You got Beach and Peach Mango White Peach Cooler. You got Dragonade, dragon fruit and pink strawberry with lemonade. And then, of course, you've got Dub Sludge. This is something I just saw today. Dub Sludge, which is Granny Smith apple and, <laughs> Brian, you'll love this, secret sauce. <laughs> Get no, yourself no. 10% off. <laughs> Get yourself 10% off right now. Head to <laughs> W.GG for all your energy drink needs. And we do have more. Believe it or not, we do have more energy drink sponsors lined up. So if Dubby hey, doesn't cool. deliver, guess who we and, got back behind? And listen, Dubby needs to deliver because I'd that's love right. to be able to tell the fans how good the second one tastes. I'm not touching the last one. <laughs> <laughs> no, You're no. not going to touch the, the, the dump sludge? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dragon Age sounds actually pretty good. It does sound um, pretty good. Beach and Peach sounds okay. Gr- Galaxy Grenade, which is the one I read off yet, uh, last week. Watermelon, Guava, and Lime. That mm-hmm. actually could that be kind of good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, could, that be, could interesting. be all right. Yeah. So we're live, and boy, oh boy, Brian, we got a shit ton of stuff to talk about. It's corner to corner time. If you're listening to us live right now, it's through podbean.com or c2cradioshow.com. Thanks again for listening. My name is Stan Grubb. My tag team partners, as always, Brian Taylor is with us. Rob will be here with us uh, shortly. He <laughs> when he sobers up. <laughs> yeah, when he's done mooching free drinks from the bar. <laughs> wow. All oh. right. So you got to leave. We got to, we got to, we got to save me just a little bit of time. Okay. Cause I mean, you know how I love, uh, 
Facebook and you know how I love reading comments and finding oh, finding God. pure wrestling dipshits. Yes. Fans that is <laughs> no, well, I found, I, found right. a, <laughs> I found a doozy today. Oh really? Can't wait. Was it better than the one that we had uh yesterday or the day before? <laughs> all right, this this so all right, so look, man, I'm just gonna do it. If you if you'll indulge me just a Absolutely. Minute. Absolutely. We're not we're not gonna go long with this, right? So they were discussing Vince McMahon, right? It's a hot topic. I'm sure we'll get to discussing that here shortly. We'd be and stupid the, we Right, right. So, you know, what's truly amazing is like half of the group or half of the people are like, you know, he needs to be punished for what he did, right? And that's probably coming, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other half are still praising him like this is some, some God, even though, you know, he screwed up royally. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he may not have gone to court, but there's no doubt. Like, they're you know something's going to come of this, right? So, what was funny was is as I'm reading, I'm just scrolling through, and again, I'm not really taking a side until I get to this one dipshit, and he's trying to say that pro wrestling would not be an international uh, powerhouse, not just the WWE, but pro wrestling in general would not be international without Vince McMahon. The right? entire now, again, industry would be international. Yes, business. yes, yes. Because his thing was, well, in the 80s, pro wrestling was a Southern thing. And, you know, they knew about the Bon Erickson you know, Memphis, but nobody else in the whole world knew who the hell the Bon Erics and the Freebirds were. Right? And so now I'm intrigued. I'm like, whoa, look at this. I We got a winner. This is a dipshit right here. And so then you had a guy from Ireland. He's like, look, bud, I'm here to tell you that my mom, her favorite wrestler was Vern Gagne. And she knew who the Freebirds were. And I she knew who the Bon Erics were. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, think about it in the eighties. So, which means she might've been watching from, you know, the sixties. So it's, it's possible, right? You know, Vern was a big name. He was a big draw back then. It's possible. Yeah. So anyway, they proceed to get into this little argument back and forth where this guy is just standing firmly up on this hill that he wants to die on that. Nobody from any other country knew who any other wrestler was in any other country. Right? I mean, that was the whole point of this kid's argument. Right? Like, if you were a wrestler in Japan, nobody else in any other country knew who you were, especially in the United States. And if you were a wrestler in the United States, nobody in any other country knew who the hell you were. Hmm. And sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I would just love, I, I, I need to get me a, uh, uh, what do you call them names? Like when artist or like writers, a pseudonym, a pseudonym. No. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Well, yeah, I, I need to get name. Me, yeah, yeah. I need to get me one of those. I need to get me a, 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 a fake account and do nothing but troll wrestling websites and just call start calling people dipshits. <laughs> Like, you got to be the dumbest idiot in the world 
to to crawl up on the nobody knows who any other wrestlers are. Mm-hmm. You know, are you mad? Like nobody in the seventies knew who any uh, anybody from Japan was. We didn't know who Canadian stars were, Mexican stars, or over in the UK. They never crossed over. No companies ever went abroad or there weren't wrestling magazines to inform me of this. And, you know, oh, what, what, what did we do back in the 80s? Oh, we traded tapes. I'm pretty sure upstairs I have, uh, uh, what is it, King of the Deathmatch somewhere. Mm-hmm. From like the, the 80s or early 90s or whatever it was. Right. No, God, I just can't believe that, like, how people would be so, so stupid when it comes to this. Like, I, I mean, forget, forget that you're protecting McMahon, mm-hmm. but but let's let's not forget the whole world can look at this and be like, oh, what a dipshit. Well, I mean, these are the same types of folks that go like, Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, had he not, you know, killed his family and then himself, he probably would be. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't look. This is it. Just comes back to this, and and I think that you said it best. That it's a dipshit, not a fan, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's revisionist history for one, because as as much of a WWE fan as I was my entire childhood, um, I would never go so far as to say it was all WWF. Because that's not the truth. I mean, you've got so much stuff happening outside of that. You said tape trading. Um, you know, there's that. But there's also the fact that, you know, the UK had a huge wrestling presence. Um, so if it wasn't Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania, it would have been Big Daddy and the other famous stars and athletes out overseas. Japan. I mean, come on. Antonio Inoki. Has anybody not heard that name? I'm pretty sure we all have. Uh, what was it, it the, the giant Baba? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I while I understand the desire to protect somebody that you kind of idolize, because I think that's probably where that fan was coming from. Let's also not forget that he's an actual, absolute garbage human being. And this is coming from somebody that spent, like I said, my childhood a WWF, WWE fan. I mean, it, there's no disregarding what Vince McMahon Jr. did for professional wrestling and sports entertainment. You can't, but at the same time, there's also no point in, in, in going ignorant like that and saying, oh, well, they never would have done it. No, that's not true. Because if right. it wasn't Vince, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, but the, the, it, the fact of the matter the is... was the right place, right time in some of that. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, it wrestling was already international. Right, Vince had that's nothing that's to right. do with that. Yes. He had correct, absolutely correct. nothing to do with international wrestling. I mean, if you don't believe me, why don't you find out how long it actually took them to do a show overseas? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the NWA did it first and did it multiple right. times. I believe Bischoff probably did it uh, before um, or may have been a part of the show or whatever before Vince and them really got into doing anything super overseas. Right. I think what what kills me is that, you know, people want to they want so desperately for everyone to believe their narrative. And we've we've encountered this for not just recently, but just a lot lately. But overall, the the course of time we've been doing this show, people want so badly for their narrative to be right. 
and they forget that you know while we're all passionate people and have our own beliefs the facts are just that the facts you can't hide them you know um the crockets would have taken nwa worldwide had it not already been done and by the way the crockets probably would have done it better as far as taking it, it from this from that fan's perspective taking a u.s based product and then making it global well yeah it's but i'm, I'm pretty factor sure of of timing in my opinion i'm pretty sure that the nwa did take it global because i bet you if you go back and look flair probably defended that title in other mm-hmm. countries you know, if you were to go back and look at his, uh, you know, long list of matches. Yeah. I'm sure he probably did defend it, even overseas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt that fans back then knew who international stars were. Right. You just got to be a dipshit to think otherwise. And that's, and that's what me. Oh, go ahead. no, I was just going to yeah. say, that's what floors me is because like how a fan could say that is just very, very selective so in what they're choosing to believe. I mean, not just revisionists, that's just extremely selective. Yeah. But then why would you argue with the guy in Ireland or whatever it was? Right. Who right. says his mother knew, like, who are you to tell this kid, you know, tell this guy what his mom watched. Yeah. That's your mind. You think they didn't have cable TV back then? Mm-hmm. You think I couldn't watch on ESPN seven or eight different wrestling programs Monday through Friday? Yeah, I, anyway, enough with the dipshits. <laughs> yeah, it's uh wow. <laughs> that, that floors me. I, I will show you though, I did I did take screenshots of the the conversation so later or sometime i'll show you we should put a a section on the site called dipshit of the week we've we've talked about that i don't i can't run the site i I don't i'm not that good with it all you have to do is like black out the names (laughs) 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 this is the one thing i ask just black the names out let's not let's not cause this kid any any further grief (laughs) undue stress or trauma (laughs) yeah so i mean damn brian what do you want to talk about it's not like we have anything else wrestling news wise to talk about nothing else is oh wait Mm. yeah there's this whole thing that vince mcmahon is gone there's that there's ring of honor which was a tremendous pay-per-view from start to finish um Mm -hmm. i didn't catch zero hour so i didn't see the pre-show if you caught that we'll we'll i'll have you kind of go over that um, I did. Yeah, so let's do that. Let's start with the Ring of Honor pay per view, and then we'll cover Vince. All of course, right now while while this is happening, WWE Raw is live from Madison Square Garden. And theory. wait, wait a second. Did they? Go ahead. Oh, it was theory. Oh, I was going to say, did they do the customary uh, Triple H, Stephanie, and whoever else are in the ring? It's a new era. We're going to do better than the last one. You're going to see. You guys are in charge now. Yeah. Wow. No, they open it up with a, like, a a fight, a pull apart between Miz and Logan Paul. Oh, wow. And then they come back from the video intro, and then out comes the bloodline. So Roman Reigns is now 
going toe to toe with Theory on the mic, which you know Roman really? should thank. He should thank John Cena for teaching him how to use the microphone. By the way, in in theory, he should probably just retire. It's it's over. Yeah, but but if I'm Roman and I got Paul, I don't need to talk. Let Paul talk. You know what I'm saying? Until he until he like makes me mad enough there, I just take it from Paul. Let Paul do most of the heavy lifting there. Well, I guess he didn't feel like he had to because he's. I, I can't hear everything he's saying. I don't even have the closed captioning up. I'm not that concerned about it. But I'm watching. A, oh, wow. So apparently that's messed up. So Roman says to Theory, your daddy isn't here anymore. Damn. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> well done, sir. You win the evening. So let's go ahead. We'll start with Ring of Honor because, I mean, that pay-per-view is awesome, and we definitely want to give it its due. Uh, we'll talk about the Vince news, Triple H taking over, all of that. And we'll go from there. So uh, Ring of Honor, death before dishonor. Oh. Oh, damn. They were beating his ass. All right. Brian, you you saw the pre-show. Let's start from there. How did Zero Hour go? Uh, You got the match listings? Yeah. So I'm old. let's see here. I forget. Um, well, this is all. I know Cheeseburger was on there. Cheeseburger was there. What? <laughs> yes. All right. So ROH zero hour results. Give me one second while I pull that up. I know that Colt Cabana was there. I know that Tony Deppen mm-hmm. performed. Um, and I know that, let's see here. Here we go. You know, Colt's got quite an ROH following. Well, I mean, Cole Cabana has a storied career. As much as I make fun mm-hmm. of the guy and I'm not really a huge fan, I, I would be an idiot if I didn't acknowledge just what he's done. ROH for Cole Cabana is home. Um, and he yeah. has he, – he really made his career there from the comedy, but also being able to prove that he could go with the best of them, including mm-hmm. the likes of Samoa Joe, um, Nigel McGuinness, Caprice Coleman before he retired, you know, a lot of guys that are true in ring mm-hmm. professionals. Um, but he, he apparently started us off with uh, Anthony Henry, mm-hmm. uh, which, Hey, Anthony Henry is a huge get for ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a friend a of the show. Yep. Yep. That's right. Former, former guest of the show, former friend mm-hmm. of the uh, family, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So Brian, your thoughts on uh, Colt Cabana and uh, Anthony Henry. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Um, uh, it was, I, I don't know. I guess I would, I, you, you kind of forget it's ring of honor, right? Cause you got a W attached mm-hmm. to it. And so I was kind of expecting like a little bit of, uh, you know, backdrop in this, but boom, we go, we just go right in. Um, I think Colt will thrive in a W agreed. Uh, I think Henry is a nice get for uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't a bad match. Um, it's not a bad match. Yeah, and again, you're gonna have to forgive me because you know I am old and I do uh, forget things, and you know, especially if I'm not really paying attention to it. But uh, wasn't a bad way to start it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Wasn't nothing really that kind of uh, 
stuck with me as far as anything crazy or any moves. Um, Colt does throw some decent elbows, though, like some smooth elbows. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I, I really can't stand that he does is that stupid bounce out of the corner. Like, he tries to make it look like he's a cartoon character, you know, and then he hits mm-hmm. the corner, bounces out, and rushes over for his... Uh, I mean, the elbow itself is solid. I agree, I agree mm-hmm. with you. But I just I hate the whole comedy thing. I don't like it. Well, yeah, but you're not, you know... You're not really an ROH guy. Uh, that's not true. That's not that true. Is I'm true. Just not you've only watched one pay-per-view. Yeah, you've only oh, watched crap. one pay-per-view. Oh, I've watched more Ring of Honor than you have. Like I almost promised you. Oh, you have? How? Well, I have. You have? You have? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Except for Prove the six it. hours you watched in, you know, TV tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prove it. <laughs> That's a long-ass time to sit down and watch wrestling. I mean, I love wrestling. I got... That's a long time. I got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I got sores in my ass from the seats. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, um, so there I got butt imprinted cushions. <laughs> you know, back then, it wasn't like well ventilated. So you can see in the pictures, like, my daughters, by the end of the night, my wife and daughter are sweating in their old rosy cheek from being <laughs> there for six hours. Anyway, so. Too, all yeah. Wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad way to start the show. And uh, oh, I was going to say Rigabani and uh, Caprice. They're pretty smooth on the mic. Yeah. Um, They're a good announced team. They are very, very good. Mm-hmm. I, I can't can't say enough about them because, uh, you know, Rigabani is – he's actually the commentator for um, Retromania. Hmm. Yeah, him and Colt Cabana. Very nice. So we go from Colt Cabana making his return to Ring of Honor. By the way, joining us live, Rob Hefner. What's up, Rob? What's up, fellers? <laughs> did, you, did you get your fifth one in before you got up to the room, buddy? No, no. I just had to get uh, food. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm jealous, man. I, I'd, I'd, if I would have known, I'd have been following you. Shinobi, Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger, he and is Eli. free, man. Hey, free is free. Cheeseburger and Eli, is it Isom? I hope that's Isom because if I just mispronounce his name, I feel bad. Versus the Trust Busters, Ari Davari and Slim J. Uh, Brian, people swear up and down that Slim J was in TNA way, way, way back when. Is that true? Because I don't remember him. Mm, I don't remember him either. But, I mean, it's it's like his 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 ring gear does kind of harken back to like the, you know, an older period. So I guess it's possible. So because I didn't see zero hour, you got to help me out. Was, uh, was he dressed like an Eminem kind of clone? Uh, well, he kind of had like the shiny pants and I think he had like a hat that was off to the side or something. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that the Trust Busters uh, get the victory here. Um, I don't know a whole lot about either team outside of I know who Cheeseburger is. I love the name, by the way, Shinobi Shadow Squad. Mm-hmm. Well, you know who Davari is. I do, from the Cruiserweight Classic, yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we saw him in uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. Oh, shit, that's right. 
Yeah. Damn, and, look at you. Good and then I think, if I'm not mistaken... Wasn't he at Nova Pro? Or is that Sandwich? No, maybe it was Nova, not Maryland. Yeah, I think it was Nova. Yeah, Rob's right. It was Nova. I think we've seen both him and Sanjay at Nova before. Yes. Yeah, Sanjay, yes. yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure the Trustbusters are the hot thing going on dark right now. Hmm. I think it's them. And they got uh, that one dude that was supposed to be the next Brock Lesnar. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Harland. I don't know what yeah, he's called yeah. now. Yeah, oh, not Boudreaux. Called Harland. Boudreaux. There we go. Yeah. He's not called Harlan. So. <laughs> That's but, uh, a stupid name for bad creative. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I think if I if I'm not mistaken, the three of them are together. Okay. Um, I think. Don't quote me, but apparently, and like they're like they're high on them. So I think that's why you're gonna you saw on Friday night. Arya Dabari has a got a his own little promo. You know, he's coming or coming soon or whatever. So. Now this matchup, I'm I'm reading this off of Ring of Honor's website, Ring of ROH Wrestling uh, Apparently, this match was pretty quick. It was at, at over before really before it started. Yeah, it didn't it didn't take long that I remember because they actually they actually I think four matches were in there. Hmm. I think could be wrong. Uh, no, you're right. You're right because uh, yeah. we also had Allison K and Willow Nightingale. That. And... You... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that wasn't bad. I, I was kind of shocked about uh, Willow, but, uh, you know, because, God, she's quite over. Yeah, Willow Nightingale is very good. I really like yeah. what she brings to the table. She does great on, on AEW. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, putting her in Ring of Honor with the Women of Honor division is mm -hmm. a smart idea. I, I think that's really what? good. Was that where she was before, though? When she you know, so I thought she was. Didn't she wrestle at um, Supercard of Honor? Uh, I could have sworn she was have. part of the uh, Triple Threat for the title. Yeah, she might have. Let's ah, she she got an infectious smile though. Just she just, just doesn't the, stop smiling. <laughs> that the personality, the way yeah. she moves in the ring, you can tell that she has a lot of polish to her. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be something that they need in the locker room. I am surprised that Allison K didn't win that. Yeah, so am I, and that because that's what I was getting ready to say. And I was I was shocked that Willow won, mm -hmm. right over over Allison. Um, right, but it makes sense, right? You know that that she would win. Although I would like to see maybe they can develop this somewhere down the line. Like she just has this hidden like evil streak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you push her too hard, she just, she'll break you in, uh, in Willow. Well, and, and Willow, when she finally does turn heel, and I think she will at some point, she's going to really have the complete package there. Yeah. Yeah. I like Willow. So we go to the first bit of controversy of the night. And I, I purposely did this out of order because this, matchup will lead to the open of the pay-per-view and this also leads to the biggest story coming out of it so we get we go to the backstage area lexi nair is there with prince nana who we haven't seen in ages but he advises because his family is rich 
that he has purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises. So the embassy is back, and so is Prince Nana. That is a big get, because he was great. Great in mm-hmm. Ring of Honor before. Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of like, when it happened, you're kind of like, well, wait a second. What, <laughs> what just happened? And then, of course, you find out, you know, that his contract wasn't renewed or whatever, that he's left or whatever. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, it does make sense, which is okay with me. So, although uh, that, I'm not quite sure how Cage is going to play in on this. Well, and that's that's the, the first part. I read today that Brian Cage has been extremely vocal um, in just stating that he's done everything in his power to get himself back on television and to show that he brings something big to the table. But apparently there are specific individuals that he did not name uh, that have voiced their concern and, and basically kept them off TV, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, if done right, this could be, mm-hmm. you know, this could lead to to bigger and better things for him. But, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure why he's not on TV. And he could easily be the front man for the embassy. Like, he could mm-hmm. easily be the leading, leading guy. Well, I mean, since they're now one short, you know, I guess it'd be a whole Which lot easier Which leads us for to the... Which leads us to the open of the pay-per-view. An interesting turn of events puts us in a position where Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, actually starts with the World Championship match to really lead us off. Claudio Castagnoli challenges Jonathan Gresham for the championship. Um, Gresham comes to the ring in, well, a little different. No octopus head, no, you know, glaring kind of entrance, just... All business to the ring. The match itself was actually very good, um, and I saw I saw your your comments in the uh, in the C two C chat. I, I was I agree with you. Gresham's the man. I mean, I don't I don't think there's mm-hmm. any other way to put it. He's just great in the ring, and so is Claudio. This was a great match. Yeah, but I mean, Gresham is just he is he's like butter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that guy's just so smooth. And he, I mean, I would imagine he's probably one of the top five technical wrestlers on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's just absolutely, without a doubt, one of the smoothest guys that I've laid eyes on in years. Mm-hmm. Very, very indic- indicative of how he's been trained and what he does with his students. No wasted motion. He, he is one of those guys where he transitions very well from one hold to another. Um, and, of course, working with a guy like, like Claudio, there's it's almost guaranteed this match is going to be good, in my opinion. Um, and it definitely turned out to be a, a good one. We would find out after the result of the match that uh, Gresham, Gresham may actually be done, which is alarming. We'll go through that here in just a moment. Claudio Castagnoli uh, really comes out and is on fire from beginning to end. William Regal, by the way, on commentary continues to be tremendous. Um, I'm thinking to myself that, you know, Regal on commentary was an untapped resource just about everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether it's Dynamite, ROH pay-per-view. Yep. Um, like he, he, 
he it, it's almost like he enhances the other uh, commentators. Yes, yes. I love how when he's uh, doing commentary on Dynamite, he always calls Excalibur a man with the mask. Uh, Mr. Ross, Mr. Shivani. Like, I, I like that he does that. It's a very unique style that he brings to the table, and it just you, you have credibility instantly because it's, it's William Regal. I mean, how do you not? Right. So we we get to the end. It's a Ricola bomb, and we've got a new Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Claudio Castagnoli. And in the process of this, Claudio coming away with the title, um, which is huge all by itself, we find out last night. Last night, yeah, last night that uh, there was a confrontation with Tony Khan and, and Jonathan Gresham, where Gresham curses Tony Khan out and basically says, I want out of my contract. Oh, hold on. I had to, I had to drink some water. Uh, yeah. My, my throat might be getting parched over this one. Um, uh-huh. By chance, does your water have some energy powder in it? No. See, his um. throat would be feeling better if perhaps he had some of that, uh, some of that W energy drink. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is what we're doing now. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> 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 Got to get that money. Coupon code C2C uh, Radio. Get 10% off your order today. So, but to me, it's kind of weird because I'm pretty sure there was a. a episode of dark or something that was taped where he came to the ring without the title mm-hmm. the roh title did i don't think he had the oxygen uh, octopus mask and i'm not sure if that was before the pay-per-view or supposed to air after the pay-per-view right because mm-hmm. what i've read before going on air is that he was kind of upset because there was no story build up and you know, supposedly they didn't talk to him and, you know, whether he passed ideas up the chain and they didn't, whatever, you know, the story didn't really get in that, but it was almost like he was, he wanted a story build up for this. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but again, I'm not, you know, with, if this dark episode is taped to be played after this pay-per-view, then he knew it was coming, right? And sometimes these things happen without real story buildup, right? I think the Rock and Roll Express did it to the Russians, like, after a promo. Like, hey, we're coming to the NWA, and then that night they showed him on TV beating the Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes the, the bookers think that's the way to go, and it may not necessarily be the way to go, right? Um, yeah, I, I think the larger concern is is the the part that he was allowing to get leaked to the to the media, and that was the concern about communication between the sides. And Tony, but, or, excuse here, me, Gresham's not the first guy that's made that kind of a comment. But again, though, here's the thing about communication, right? Do you think Vince talks mm-hmm. to everybody, or do they have to well, go to nobody right stages? now? Hopefully, he's just talking to himself in a mirror. <laughs> but right again, now. did yeah, but Vince in the past, talk no, to I don't everybody? No, no. Okay. 
So it's much like UCW. Does Dave talk to everyone? No. No, as a matter of Does... fact, it gets filtered through you, me, Rob, Diego. Yeah, there's a lot of places it has to go through first. Right. And so that's probably this the setup for everywhere. Right? Now, just because there was no line of communication between Tony and Gresham, that doesn't mean no direct line. That doesn't mean that they weren't communicating back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, through agents or whatever. Right? Because I guess that's how you do it, you know, in big time, big time wrestling. <laughs> big time. It's in but the big it, time. But again, though, we have to, we also have to remember that this has kind of happened before, right? Mm-hmm. With certain people. Not too long ago, we're in a different fed. Mm-hmm. Now, just because you know, you want to build up and they're not going to give you a build up. It doesn't really mean to take your ball and go home. That's the thing. Like people build this stuff up. Like, Oh my God, Gresham did this. And in the back, you see it everywhere. You know, like no matter where someone's going to go, there's going to be those people that are just unhappy with anything. Well, but the, the buildup would have been for the rematch. Right. Right? Where Gresham and the embassy go after Claudio, and Claudio's got the, um, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, and we'd have had us a nice old row in ROH, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to Gresham possibly getting the title back. But no, you know, we're like, wow, there's no buildup. And there's no communication. Which again, if this dark episode airs after the pay-per-view, I don't think you needed much more communication than that. Because again, the reports are he did not have the ROH title on him. Mm-hmm. How many times does a champion film a, 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 a match to be aired later and not have a title. Oh, it comes when you've lost the title. Right. So if, again, if this is supposed to air, let's say it's supposed to air Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He ain't got no title. Guess what it means? He knew he was going to lose. And there are people that want to build something out of nothing. Well, but he, it gave him the opportunity to say, well, you know, let me come up with some excuse. I lost the title. I don't think I should lose the, lose the title. I'm out of here. I'm not saying he should have lost the title. I think he should have kept the title. But it could be a, a, a little sour grapes going on here. See, that's what that's what my thought process is. Um, one, I think I agree with you. I would have probably kept the title on him. I wouldn't have put Claudio in that position, though. I would have put somebody else as his challenger. Not that I don't mm-hmm. like Claudio winning. I do. I like Claudio as champ, and I think that makes good sense, especially if he's the face of the brand, which why not, right? I mean, you got a homegrown Ring of Honor talent, literally a homegrown talent, and that's one of those situations where it makes perfect sense. At the same time, you know, Gresham comes out looking like, well, he's all business headed to the ring. There's no real entrance to it. 
So to me, immediately, just like we've learned in the past when somebody's got the boo-boo face when they're coming to the ring, you know, something's a little weird. But you don't really know what because the match itself plays out wonderfully. Like, there's no, like, you know, stiff or, or, or sandbagging or anything stupid. It's just, it's a great match. It's the after effect, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's Sour Grapes. I think he openly gets in this argument where people can hear so that when he leaves, he can say, yep, that's what it was. The difference is, like, with guys that claimed it was communication in the past, for example, Joey Janela and Marco Stunt. Well, let's take a look at who we're talking about, Joey Janela and Marco Stunt. Do you feel the need to talk to them? Absolutely not. And why would you? Because they're not bringing anything to your bottom line. Gresham, yeah, but, on the uh, other hand, had it been done right, could have brought money to you. Sure, but Janela and Marco, I'm pretty sure the lack of communication was that, A, they were letting them sit till their contract expired. Mm-hmm. Right? So yep. me, Tony Khan, doesn't have to talk to you at all. Mm-hmm. I can just let you sit. And I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, well, I'm not going to re-sign you. Mm-hmm. Because then, oh my God, can you imagine what the the little dipshits on the internet would have said? Especially if you're not taking the initiative to try to actually get in the ring. Which both Marco and Janela admitted that they didn't do. Which is so stupid to me, but whatever. I mean, it's the same stuff we hear all the time. Right. You know, on the other side. Oh my God. The E doesn't use these people. How dare them? They let them sit there. They have these people under contract, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, you know what? You're under contract. If I don't have anything for you to do or don't want anything for you to do, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. And I can either pay you and put you out there or I can just let you sit there. And I'm going to let you sit there. Well, and and I think the overall point here before before this goes you know too much longer is really the the point here is that I don't think that Tony Khan necessarily did anything wrong. The story itself was that Gresham was unhappy with how it was presented, but at the same time, to Brian's point, I think at the end of the day it really comes off as just sour grapes. Well, that's anything. I mean, yeah. you know, you get the people like, oh, well, they, I didn't want to do that. Okay. That just makes you look bad because mm-hmm. business is business. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe we can hope that, you know, this is all a put on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You know, who knows? But maybe he'll join MJF and you know what I'm saying? Who knows? Right. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Him, but, MJF and Ryback all waiting for the Vince call. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not get crazy. Ryback is still waiting even today. There was a damn sign in the crowd that said Ryback sucks. Why would you take a Ryback sign to a Ring of Honor show? Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, that? the first problem is that they actually wrote a Ryback song sign. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Problem number one. All right. Next up was the Ring of Honor six man tag team championship. The Righteous, Bateman, Dutch, and Vincent against Dalton Castle and the boys. Um. Damn, this was a fun match to watch. And mm. uh, Dalton Castle, what a smart move to get him back on the roster. Yeah, I like Dalton Castle. He's fun to watch. Like, his whole presentation mm-hmm. is, is is fun to watch. So, 
Line of the night, by the way, comes from this match. Caprice Coleman says, Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. Dalton Castle is reproducing the boys. <laughs> yeah, and for those that didn't watch, right, this there's really not – I mean, so it was, it was a very solid match, right? Mm-hmm. But the highlight of the match, right, is the boys and Dalton Castle would throw one out of the ring – Oh, you know, because he did like the four sides of it. He threw yeah. one out one side. And then the second guy would come in and he'd throw him out the opposite side. Then the first guy would get back in and he'd go outside three. And by that time, the other one's back in. He goes outside four. And they did it like, I don't know, maybe eight times. And you're like, what in the world are we doing here? So, it was yeah. yeah it was, and it was, it was fast. Was, so it wasn't yeah. like you, you blink, you missed it. It was it was really fast. Yeah. Um, by the way, the guy that um, I'm not sure. I think it's I think it's Bateman, but he's absolutely gigantic, and uh, maybe it's Dutch. But he looks Isn't just it, like uh, Big Bubba Dutch. Rogers. Yeah, like holy shit, this guy's amazing, and he has a huge future. Oh well, I mean the 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 group as a, as a whole has a f- huge future. Yeah, yeah, right? the righteous is definitely good. Yeah. And something tells me, like, these six-man titles are probably not going to be exclusive to ROH. That would be the smart way to do it. If you're if you're Tony Khan, you know, yes, you've been looking at trios titles, but why not just have it go back and forth? Well, yeah, just, just simply remove the ROH and yeah. just, make, just make the six-man title. Because there's so many, you know, six-man titles factions out there i don't need what would you even call a, a triple a trio i, I don't know I there's so many trios title. Yeah. yeah yeah just trios or, or well, no, oh, yeah, but what, what, do you, what do you call that a triad yeah you, but you know what i'm saying there's so many teams yeah. of three out there mm-hmm. that you really should kick that off because you can have a lot of fun with that title oh yeah and once omega's back mm-hmm. which i hear is not too far from now Next up, we get the pure title match. Now, I'm still pissed because I've only seen this match in part. I want to just point out that I absolutely cannot stand my cable provider. (laughs) It was an absolute nightmare to get this event on my television. And I I couldn't stay up past (laughs) 2.30 Sunday morning to watch the rest. I was just so wore out. So I ended up seeing half of the pure title match between Yuta and Daniel Garcia. But the half I saw was freaking phenomenal. So I can mm-hmm. only assume that the first half was great. Yeah, this this match, to me, shows that the future is in safe hands with these yes, two guys. very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the entire business is in very good hands with these two guys. Um, now, I don't have the list of the pure title rules in front of me, but... Um, <laughs> I was just about to ask you if you knew them. <laughs> well, I know, like, an open hand slap is okay to the face, but the punch is not. And I think you can't grab the ropes or something. Um, Here's the rules. All right. Competitors divided into two blocks. It's single elimination. Round one matches have 15 minutes. Oh, that was for the actual tournament. Here we go. Yeah. The match rules as follows. 
It begins and ends with the code of honor handshake. You have three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls. After those are exhausted, any submission or pin attempt on or under the ropes are legal. I yeah. love that, by the way. Closed fist punches to the face are not permitted, only open hand slaps. The right. first use of closed fist gets a warning. Second is a DQ. 20-minute time limit, outside interference, and results in an automatic termination from the roster for the wrestler that interferes. I love that. That's cool. It means you're guaranteed to get a finish on this match. So Even better. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's probably been one or two of these where there's been some outside interference. Uh, oh, and I'm sure there's shenanigans involved somewhere. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember who the, I don't remember who the three judges were. One of them was the uh, guy that held the pure title lap, uh, before Yuta. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who the other two were. Josh Woods, um, and then the other two guys, I don't know who they were. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, it was a good match. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was exactly what you expect out of these two. Like, yeah, to me, like Yuta, you've seen Yuta improve. Right mm-hmm. from uh, when he first started to now, it's like night and day. You're like you can really get behind this, behind this guy, but with Daniel Garcia, he's he's hidden in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Maybe they'll kick him out on Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe we can get lucky. Ugh. But like that guy can wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he's he is absolutely hidden. By being trapped in this society, I, I just—it was a mistake to put him in there. Even though the "I'm a sports entertainer" too comment made that whole segment, I, I mm-hmm. still think he just shouldn't be in it. Yeah. Um, well, and then I mean, and the the other thing is too, you have Regal back on commentary, right? And you know, Regal when it comes to Yuta on the mic is like he's like a coach. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's like, yeah, let him get his let him get his tail whooped. It, it's you know, it's how he picks himself up that you know is going to make him a part of the the BCC. You know, right. he's got to be he's got to be able to take an ass whooping, but let's see him get up and dish it out. You know, so, now will they will they do the same thing for him and make him fight Mox before he can get in? Who Garcia? No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they'll take him in, um, but I, I would try and distance him from uh, me, uh, Jericho. Even, even if you just, even if he just was like, you know what, I'm done with y'all. I'm going to do my own thing, and he just, he just was out there as a single competitor, and just out wrestled everybody. Um, I would be okay with that. So, following Wheeler Yuta retaining, which, again, this match was great. The, the, the half I saw of it was absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Battle of the Brothers, Roosh and Dragon Lee. This match was um, kind of a little bit of everything. A little hard hitting, a little bit of Lucha Libre. But what I really liked was the fake out with the bull's horns. So, the first time he gets ready to hit him in the corner, and then he stops. And just does a kick, which still was brutal. And then the next time he does it, he had played he had played possum, mm-hmm. and it was just oh, it, it just the finish played out so nicely. It was cool. Listen, uh, so 
I bought the possum, like hook, line, and sinker. I can I can believe that. I mean, it was so well done. Yeah, when he kind of just kind of crumbles down, and it's yeah, like, yeah. uh oh, because like like they all stop for a second, like, uh, what? <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bought it. I was like, oh my god, this dude's dead. Roosh is dead. Well, know? I mean, they had been hitting each other with everything yeah. that entire time. So, like, when you finally get to that moment, it's like, oh, well, that, he's out cold. Plus, I mean, we've had so many injuries happen in the span of, like, six months. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. Not Roosh. Don't be Roosh. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. I, uh, dude, I'm telling you, I, it's been a long time since I bought the possum like that. I mean, I bought it so bad, I I was actually frying it up on my on my stove. You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Ready, this this possum's dead. We're gonna fry this up. Need this now." And then you know he pops back up and it's like, "Son of a, you got me." All right, so it's eight fifty-three. I gotta make sure I know when to isolate that sound bite. <laughs> I mean, it was well done. It was really no, yeah, well was done. Great. And I, um. Honestly, I had forgotten this match was on the card. So I'm sitting there and I'm like still kind of getting over the fact that I had missed half of the pure title match. And then they announced, you know, come into the ring with Jose. I'm like, Wait, what? Like, oh, hell yes. This is going to be cool. So, I mean, it, it blew me away. Um, but you know, I will say, I guess, I guess I was kind of in the same boat that I kind of forgot because leading up to this, when they would mention brother versus brother, uh-huh. you know, every time it'd be like, wait a second, what two brothers are going at it? Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason, it was just the one match that, that you just forgot was on there. And maybe it's because the other matches, but dude, that was a good match too. And you're right. They did. Lucha Libre, there was strong style, there was pro wrestling, there was possum fake out. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to forget the possum fake out. No, you, you can't because those are the moments that you remember. Like, you know, everything else in that match, which was good, but everything else in that match could have been complete trash. And you get to that finish, you're like, oh, that ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> Cut me, man. Damn it. Cut me. <laughs> So uh, we, the one thing I love that Tony Khan does, I don't care what anybody says about the guy, he knows how to pace a card. He does mm. so good with doing this because he goes right from there to women's, women's world title match, Serena Deeb and Mercedes Martinez. Thank you, God, for letting Serena Deeb finally have a good showing. Oh, what, my God. What do you mean finally have a good showing? I'm sorry. She bores the shit out of me on AEW. Yeah, but she just – Ugh, I no. don't understand why though. She normally beats the piss out of everybody. But that's just it. She she does and she doesn't. Like it's so delayed. Mercedes Martinez just had a certain pacing to her where mm-hmm. Deeb just couldn't sit still. Like she had to move with her. And it, and that was what made this match good. Because usually Deeb is just like like remember when she wrestled Sky Blue? She literally sits on Sky Blue and like you said, beats the shit out of her. You know, she wrestled Sheeta. Well, what did she do to Sheeta? This is why it pissed me off. She basically sits on Sheeta and starts beating her ass. Like, and I get it. That's her technique. That's her style is the ground and pound. But it's boring as hell to watch. Like, I don't want to watch that. But 
she didn't have a choice on this one because we got just a great, very competitive match between both sides. So, oh, they're really telegraphing the Dominic Mysterio turn, by the way. Anyway, don't forget tonight is the 20th anniversary of Rey Mysterio. Oh, even better. Yep, it's going to yeah. happen. Dom's going to Judgment Day today. Yep. Book it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I really liked this match. Again, great showing from. Oh, uh, under from who Dave. cares? <laughs> well, I didn't say anybody would care. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Um, I, I will say though that I thought this was Martini, Mart, Martini's, Mart, <laughs> Mercedes' best showing in AEW slash ROH. Yes, yes. This is the best match she's had. And quite frankly, probably the best match she's had in a few years as far as how she was booked in WWE as well. Yeah, I, I can see that too. So, But I am glad, though, because, again, um, she is a big name. Yes. Right? And she she's was, finally getting her just due. Yeah. She was like, she was a major name before going to the WWE. And I'm glad now she's, you know, she's finally hitting her stride again. Well, and, and you said it before with Yuta and Garcia that the future's in good hands. The women's division is in good hands. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not Serena Deeb's only title shot. I think she does ultimately become women's champion either in AEW or Ring of Honor. Um, Willow Nightingale, Allison Kay. And if you're smart, if you're Tony Khan's smart, then Gianna Perrazzo is on the horizon. Mm. Oh, and then, you know... Don't forget the rumor of a certain former WWE star who was out with a uh, neck injury for the longest time. Let me tell you what. If she ended up, if Soraya can find her way into AEW or Ring of Honor, that's a huge get. And if she's healthy, oh, yeah, that's huge. And you you got to give it a shot. Yeah, even if she's not healthy, her mere presence, yeah, I think helps that division. Well, and if you have her with the right people around her too, she can even lead a faction in a in a major way. And why not have a women's faction? Mm-hmm. You've got a strong division. Put a faction together and do it. Well, you, uh, Jade's got a faction. Yeah, and and AEW's women's division is it has potential, but needs a lot of help. Yeah. Um, I'd get her mom involved. She said herself that. She said herself that she's not done in the ring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She wants to run one more time at least. Yeah, and I think that her case is similar to that of uh, Brian Danielson's. That WWE just wasn't willing to go that extra step and take that risk versus her saying, look, I know that my body is good to go. I'm going Mm -hmm. to wrestle, you know. And I feel like, uh, hey, this coming Wednesday, we'll see just how how healthy is Brian Danielson because he's coming back, and I can't wait because guess who he's wrestling? Who? Danielson's got Daniel Garcia. Oh, wow. Yeah. We go from pure title to Brian Danielson for Garcia. What a, what a week. <laughs> mm. What a few days for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Mercedes Martinez gets the Brass City Sleeper and the victory. We go from there to the Ring of Honor World TV title match. You know, I was not sure what they were going to do, and the one thing I didn't want to see was Jay Lethal with the title again. I'm Why? Just, 
I just don't want to see the guy dominated the title division for all, what, like two years, three years, something like that. Some crazy number that like no other company has done in a good long time. Well, I just did want to see it. And cause I feel like Samoa Joe isn't going to be here much longer as far as actively in the ring, maybe another year or two. And I want to see him get a true run. And it's been so long since he's had a true run that impact. Maybe. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it's just, well, I mean, if if he was to go to Impact, I guess. They, no, they no. Would, well, they would do it. You you're, should oh, you're run. talking before. Yeah, yeah you should I run. mean, yeah. obviously his run in Impact was good. I mean, you, you can't discount that. No, that's a good run. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But I just, I didn't want to see Jay Lethal come out with the title. Oh, I just, you? I didn't feel like it was going to be the right way to go. And I'm so glad that he didn't. You just don't like Mr. Machismo. He, I think that's it. I think that's I, it too. You know, it's weird because I used to actually be a big Jay Lethal fan. And here lately, I'm just like, eh, no thanks. Apparently not. Yeah. I don't want to see him win. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Lethal. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like Jay. I, I even though you know he was kind of rude at us at the ROA taping, but you know I'll forgive him. But I like well, you him. were there six hours. He'd been there for ten. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> meet and greet after meet and greet. He was tired. Craft <laughs> services is out of nachos. <laughs> oh no, not the yeah. nachos. But yeah, he's another one like Gresham. He's just so smooth. You know. Yeah. And I think that if if they keep this rivalry going, which I think they will, I think they'll let this go into a rematch, which I'm totally fine with. Um, you know, we've still got a tremendous amount of time to get Lethal in a different direction, either as champ or moving up to the world title, challenging mm-hmm. Claudio, which would be a great match. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot more miles there. Um, well, I agree with you when, like, they debuted Jay Lethal on All Elite. You know, AEW, they're like, hey, Jay Lethal's here. And then it was a short time after that that Tony Khan's like, oh, by the way, I bought ROH. Mm-hmm. Guess where you're going back to? <laughs> you're going back to ROH. So I agree with you, but I I think he's awesome. So hey, yeah. bring it on. He's going to beat up Ric Flair. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'll save that for later. I was con- confused as to why the, the event itself, the pay-per-view, started with the world title match, Claudio and Jonathan Gresham. But as soon as I, I was reminded that it was going to be two out of three falls for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, I knew exactly <laughs> why they chose the main event. And God damn, to quote Dax Harwood, motherfucker, I love pro wrestling. Because mm. damn, I, we talked about it a few weeks ago, Brian, and I think we even did it last week. We weren't sure if they could possibly come close to touching you know, what they did the first time. Mm-hmm. And damn if they didn't do as much as they possibly could to make sure that we questioned whether or not this one was better. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, I mean, the, so like I had now have a DVR with two ROH pay-per-views that I can never delete. Mm-hmm. Right. Until I get yep. the actual hard copies. <laughs> I can't delete them. <laughs> you know? Right. That, like for bookends, yeah, so for both of their careers, right? This is what's truly amazing, right? Mm-hmm. For both for the Briscoe's career and FTR's career, right? You could take those two matches and you could put one on the far left and one on the far right to be bookends. And all anybody really has to do is watch the bookends to be like, holy cow. These are, without a doubt, two of the greatest tag team matches I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. FTR is clearly in contention, along with the Briscoes, for tag team of all time. Because the Briscoes, don't get me wrong, they just don't show up for FTR. The Briscoes show up for whoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what are they, 12 times ROH champions and then any number of other champions, Right. But, I mean, for anybody out there that wants to break into the business and wants to be a tag team wrestler, if you don't, like, study the careers of these two tag, uh, these two tag teams, and, again, before the first, the first time you go to study, you watch the first match, and after it's all said and done, you've gone through however many matches you want to watch, watch the one from Saturday night, you're crazy. You're missing an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, without a doubt, two of the greatest, absolute greatest tag teams of all times. And ha- you haven't seen these type of tag team matches since the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, yeah. Dynamite, uh, uh, British Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation. The Heart Foundation, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You have that not was immediately seen what I thought of when I watched this one, yeah. Yeah. You, I, I, I dare say you've not seen tag team matches like this. I mean, there have been others that have put on good tag team matches. You know, the Young Bucks versus uh, Adam um, Page and Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. You know, but I dare say it, the, that match pales in comparison to these two matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, like, it's a distant third. Yeah, like, it's, it's not distance. close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Briscoes have held the tag titles 12 times. It's mm-hmm. clear to me that they they could do it another 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just that damn good. FTR, as of right now, the best damn tag team in professional wrestling, period. Yes. 
And you know, what's truly amazing about this, right? What's truly amazing about this. Remember the first go round in the first match? Remember all the scuttlebutt, you know, people in Warner Brothers don't want the Briscoes associated with AEW. Right. They don't want them signed with AEW. They don't want them this. They don't want them that. So they go to Impact, right? And then not only do we find out that we are getting Briscoe's FTR 2, but now we find out, no, no, they are now under contract, a lengthy contract, with ROH. Which means that the tag team division in ROH now has your cornerstone. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Briscoes are now part of the future of ROH. Right. And with that signing alone, the tag team division looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's it really is FTR's world, and and all the other tag teams are living in it right now. It's oh, it's yeah. it, I I can't give them give them enough praise because, frankly, we all knew what we were watching when we saw them as the revival, and mm. when they literally did everything but bury them with a literal shovel, um, it was alarming to us. So when they get to AEW, we're like, oh, it's a it's on. So they come out and they put on classic they have great feuds great promos then we really get introduced to them when we they just kind of branch out they get away from tully blanchard they get away from the pinnacle and it's like oh these guys are on a different level Mm -hmm. we get to see them the first time like you said against the briscoes warner media they don't want the briscoes Uh, no i think that's bullshit i think warner media didn't know what they had right and wanted to make sure the briscoes were there to be professional and now that they know that, oh, absolutely, sign them to a contract. Yeah, we don't care. Well, so I don't know if they were really worried about, like, what type of antics they may have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that may have been the only real thing they knew about them. Right. Right? But there is no doubt, like, after the first one, whoever is, you know, overseeing AEW or, you know, Tony Khan and all this stuff, probably called him and was like, oh my God, that's that was the greatest tag team ever. When can we do it again? Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you can sign him if you like. And I would imagine that's probably how it played out. Like they were like, uh, you go ahead. Uh, you know, wherever your, te- wherever your program lands up, you don't have to worry about it. Just because yep. not, obviously it's probably going to end up on a Discovery HBO or Discovery Warner Warner Media, whatever it's called now, <laughs> network. Yeah. Right? You'd be foolish not to put ROH on one of those networks. And ultimately, and, I think the Honor Club becomes like, basically like the AEW network. Yeah. Or whatever yeah, they decide to call it. Yeah. Oh, I was so waiting for that to be like Tony oh. Khan and come out and be like, look, uh, Join, join now. You can now watch all AEW programming on the Honor Club. Oh my all your God. ROH is <laughs> on the Honor Club. Yeah, there, there would be like, uh, take my money, ten dollars, fifteen dollars. What do you want? What do you want? How much you want? <laughs> I would, I would pay that. I would pay that oh, yeah. just to have all Easy. of their material plus all of Ring of Honor's library. Mm-hmm. 
Easy. Bro, I would skip Monday nights and just watch Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And then they, they should probably talk to New Japan and be like, hey, uh, let's just do some weird trifecta. Mm-hmm. New Japan World and ROH uh, Honor Club and then AEW jump in there too. Well, and that's the that's the thing, looking forward from this pay-per-view. Like, we don't know yet when Ring of Honor is going to be back on TV or pay-per-view. Most likely by final battle would be my guess. And I think that's September. <clears throat> but if not, if we go back and get to... Um, I don't remember their other pay-per-view names. I feel bad. If it doesn't happen until March of 23, Super Card of Honor, then it's very possible we could end up seeing, you know, uh, them announce a network deal, announce a TV deal, and so on. Mm -hmm. Branding-wise, this pay-per-view spoke volumes for what Ring of Honor is all about. Mm -hmm. And it really does paint a very clear picture as to what's available for them. Um, and you've got stories now that you've opened the door for, like who's going to be Claudio's first challenger? Mm-hmm. Who's going to, um, you know, does Samoa Joe have to give Jay Lethal a rematch? Who can challenge FTR? All of these who's next questions is legit. And now you can basically sit there and start asking that question. Mm-hmm. Now, so I will say, though, that... If Dax's eight-year-old child fights like that, I don't want nothing to do with her. <laughs> yeah, don't step to that kid. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> but, I, I mean, ultimately, I do think the Briscoes are going to dethrone FTR. Mm-hmm. Right? I think you'll probably get a third one. And that's when the Briscoes will dethrone them and FTR will go back doing, you know, maybe in, maybe they get to AEW tag team titles first. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying. So they'll they'll have all the belts. Maybe we get lucky. Impact joins in. Who knows, right? Wow! And you know that. So they'll have the belts, and then they'll they'll do the Briscoes will do to them what they did to the Briscoes the first match, right? Which was the the storyline coming out of it. Oh, we wrestled Saturday afternoon. We wrestled Saturday night. We wrestled, and you caught us, you know, after five matches when you've been sitting out for a week. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that's probably how it'll play out, though. It'll be reversed, and FTR will have gone boom, 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 so many in a row that they'll get caught, you know, maybe in the surprise roll-up, as uh, Simon likes to say on (laughs) ups and downs. I like that guy, though. He's a funny dude. Throwing it out there, Simon. Corner corner like an up. So, yeah, so that surprise roll up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what'll happen. They'll just catch them at the wrong time. It's it's interesting because the expedition of gold that uh, the Hardys did was one thing, but now that FTR has literally just said, "Okay, well, we'll just take all the titles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just do it. It's ours now." Yeah, I mean, I really think though that they are just they're missing the boat, right? Because you can legit make an argument for this, right? I, I mean, any company out there right now is missing the boat not to have their titles on FTR. Yeah. Like, if I'm, you know, I, you know, honestly, I, even if I was like Triple H and I watched it, because you know he watched it, 
you know he's got to be kicking himself that that team left the WWE. Although I, you know, I do think they blossomed. They got bigger because of it. But you know, Triple H was probably kicking himself, right? That Vince let them leave. Oh, I'm sure he's pissed. Imagine, you know, we're we're getting ready to transition into into the Vince conversation yeah. before we get the dynamite. Imagine you've you've left WWE at least for a while because you've had a heart problem. You set them up for success, though. You built this yes. brand that literally feeds feeds yes. superstars into your main brand. Yes, and legit superstars. You yes. come back six months, eight months later, and it's all gone. Yeah. Well, listen, Danielson, I'm, t- I'm telling you, dude, I'm I'm not shitting you because you know we talked about it. If there's anybody that'll do it, it's Triple H. If I saw that match Saturday, mm-hmm. and I'm now head of you know, like I have the chance to to pull this off, I am calling Tony Khan. And I'm like, look, let's work this out. I don't, you know, let's figure this out. I am more than willing to drop the titles to them mm-hmm. on a surprise appearance. Yep. When can we get this done? I think he would do it too because he understands what it means to share that kind of spotlight. There's yeah. money to be made. It, oh yeah, that's what it is. It's all it is. It's dollar signs. You want your you want your stocks to go up? Dollar signs. Yeah. You want you want to see more fans come to both shows? Boom, dollar mm-hmm. signs. It's all about dollars. Well, I mean, he showed it back in the yeah, day where he showed it back in the day where he brought in legit stars. Yep. And let them be who they were. Mm-hmm. You know. He brought in Adam Cole. He brought in, you know, Shinsuke, Samoa Joe, those that had already established themselves, but he let them be them. You know, you think about the best Shinsuke Nakamura matches in in the WWE era were on NXT. Yes. Finn Balor, you know, like Finn Balor was a name, but if it wasn't for him and the demon on NXT, you know, so you think about that and him willing to say, you know what, acknowledge different things. And he's the one that acknowledges people on Twitter and mm-hmm. all those things that they do good things. Mm-hmm. So well, and, and broaden that out. Look at what he did with the shield. He created the shield. And then he sees, you know, Seth Rollins slid down the card. Roman's successful, but Mox is gone. And Mox is how much bigger of a star now? Most people he signed are gone. Yeah. And his entire creative structure is gone. And they wonder why he had a fucking heart attack. Dude, dude that, that is pardon my part of my French. Sorry. No, I, I think you're dead on. I think you're dead on. I think that, yeah, he may have been sick, but I think the stress of seeing his creation get torn to shit had to lend a hand in that. I mean, these legit people you make. I mean, he created what was Bray Wyatt. Yep. Yep. You know, what 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 would have been Bray Wyatt and, him and brought him to the main roster. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know the fact that he was probably sitting there saying, "Hey, we should do this." And Vince is like, "Eh, da, 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 know your place." Right. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that Vince has surrounded himself with all his yes men all those years 
who were like, Vince, like, I think we should paint the title purple. That's a great idea. <laughs> god damn, pal. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. You I know, mean, could y'all let me step away from this young lady? <laughs> could you imagine it though? Like, literally, he made a deal with Tony, right? Mm-hmm. I want these guys to come in. I want to go. Let's go back to the way it used to be in the 70s and 80s where some of these guys just toured, mm-hmm. right? The Usos, are they still tag champs? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the Usos beat up some jobber tag team. Mm-hmm. Pull the Ricky Starks thing. You know what? We're not done. You know, we've beaten everybody. Well, we're not done tonight. Bring on the next one. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna spice it up. It's for the it's for the championship. Boom. FTR's music hits. There's not like an arena that's not gonna lose their ever loving shit. Right. I mean, you if you did that on Raw or SmackDown, right? Which which would be the appropriate thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. You, you do it on Raw or SmackDown. As soon as the Twitter and the Facebook and the TikTok started rolling through, every stinking TV in the world is going to go bloop. Right. Right. And And uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say it would be the the greatest. Like, so I said, you know, Forbidden Door was huge, right? Massive. But now you got a guy that's open to the idea in Triple H. And this would, without a doubt, be the biggest moment in pro wrestling history, like ever. This would rival the Outsiders and the NWO just to have them show up and take the titles from the USO. You well, don't and, have to and do the it. Thing is, it's it's not hard. It's it's freaking it's wrestling. It's rising right. tide raises all boats. Right. If you want to see your ratings go up, mix them up. If, yep. if FTR showed up on Raw and beat the Usos for the belts, all you have to do is go, okay, the Usos head the dynamite. Right. It's, it's not hard to figure out because you're going to win one way or the other. You don't have to bury the competition. No, you no. embrace them. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. You look at it. <clears throat> the guy who's in charge right now mm-hmm. is the main reason that the Hardys ever came back. Yes. If you think about it, like that was a Triple H decision. Triple H like, hey, these guys are really hot right now on the indie circuit. We need to bring them. We need to capitalize on it. And what happened? They came in phenomenal, right? But as soon as the Stooges got ahead of hold of the broken Matt Hardy, turned him from what he was to stupid. And if you think about it, right now, there's really nothing going head-to-head, right? I mean, you got NXT on there, but really, at this point, NXT needs to die and come back as the old NXT. Right. Out of the ashes comes, you know. um, But See, this is why you need to be doing voiceover work, because that's pretty good. You know, but like, you could legit, like Brian said, you call Tony. You have FTR come out. Do that. And then you have, you could have like Triple H and Tony Khan do this back and forth jab at each other on the shows. 
And then one of them standing in the ring on either Dynamite or, like, you say FTR shows up on Raw or SmackDown. Well, then what happens is Tony Khan's in the ring talking about how his team got the gold and there's nothing you can do about it on Dynamite. Then you hit the song all about the game on Dynamite, and you now you have Triple H on Dynamite, which... Again, people are flipping back and forth, and all you're doing is buying ratings for yourselves. Yeah. Padding your pockets for the ad, ad, advertising revenue, you know? And I'm telling you, FTR, you give them the title, right? And you give them a legit run up into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You give them a main event of night one. And then you make the decision to take the titles off of them to a legit tag team. Yep. Right? It's a win-win. Plus, I mean, you, you can do the same on AEW TV or pay-per-view. You can do the same thing and get the same results. It's The one thing that always troubled me about what as Brian would call the bobbleheads would support Vince for was that he didn't have to acknowledge the competition. And I think it's the exact opposite. Yes. You, not only do you acknowledge them, you openly talk about them. You yes. openly say, Hey, th- when was, when was raw at its finest when they made fun of nitro specifically, mm-hmm. when yep. was nitro at its finest when Bischoff called out Vince McMahon, Mm-hmm. Wanted to fight him on a pay-per-view. Yes. Well, and oh, to that point, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Rob. I think that's who I heard. Yeah. To that point, Tony Khan putting on Twitter, I'm now the longest reigning CEO in professional <laughs> wrestling. Thank you to you fans. Freaking brilliant. And for anybody that says Bischoff wouldn't have did the same thing in the heyday, they're full of shit or they're lying. Because there's absolutely no doubt in my mind Bischoff would have been like, oh, yeah, that's blood in the water. Right. You got to do Right. And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, shots fired. Um, right, exactly. That's all that is. It's it's a dig. Right. But then it's like if you go back, like op- not openly acknowledging the competition is what kills your company. Correct. You know, look at WCW. If WCW back in the day, like I've said this several times on the show, if WCW, when NXT, when DX showed up at Hampton Coliseum or Norfolk Scope, Mm-hmm. If WCW would have said, "Come on in," yep, mm-hmm. you would have taken all the thing away. If WWE, when the elite showed up and stood outside the arena, if WWE would have said, "Come on in," mm-hmm. come in. Oh, look, hey guys, I want y'all to know the elite, supposed elite, are outside. Let's see how elite they are. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know, you would have killed some of the buzz they had. <clears throat> But you didn't because everybody circled the wagons and go, oh, no, we're the only act in town. Well, guess what? Unless you're an absolute moron bobblehead, you're not the only act in town. And on top of that, they fired Jimmy Jacobs because Jacobs supposedly was friends with them. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, go ahead. I've said it before, right? The, The one thing about the WWE that really pisses me off is they don't acknowledge anybody else. They truly think they are the only act in town. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Bradshaw t- uh, said that about AJ, that 
it didn't matter what he did anywhere else. He's right. never won the big one in the WWE or whatever it was. Are you out your mind, Bradshaw? Like, AJ is a more accomplished world champion than you'll ever be. And you literally, you slap you slap AJ's face, and then you slap the, the fans' face who know different. Why? Everybody knows there's other companies. Everybody knows AJ's uh, career path. Acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. ROH did it. I think I'm pretty sure they did it the other night. Talking about the WWE, AEW does it. Mm-hmm. New Japan does it. Impact does it. Everybody does it except the WWE. And hopefully now the the got the individuals at the top are going to smarten up. This is the wave of the future. This is what the fans see. Let me get in on it and let's make some money. And I would almost, to what Brian said, I would almost at this point in the game do the surprise on AEW. Yeah. You know, I would almost have a WWE star show up on AEW Mm -hmm. and be like, what you got? You know, I mean, mean, either way you do it, it's going to blow the roof off the wrestling world. Yeah. And there's so many people that are going to burn all their WWE gear the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect time to do an actual war, right? New Japan gave us a pay-per-view, which was great. Well, let's do, let's actually do a invasion angle that is done correctly with two actual competing companies. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do this legit. Let's, Mm -hmm. we have smart people that are in charge of both places. Now let's, let's do something we've never truly seen before. Yeah. And it works both ways. We see that with Cody Rhodes, you know? Cody left, came back, and people still like, oh, my God. So it can work. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw the pop of Cody just showing up at WrestleMania. You know, imagine, like Brian said, if you have any of the AEW guys, imagine Kenny Omega, Russell, like Royal Rumble number 30. And now we're in a world where that might actually, you know, you could see a true mystery of mystery person in the Royal rumble mm-hmm. not saying it's gonna happen i'm just saying now that you think it could you know well, now i can hope and pray it does yes yes yeah. there's actually a reason for you to say you know maybe right until we see some other names of people getting fired from wwe or leaving you know no well, I, the, oh go I, ahead brian Oh, I was going to say, I think right now the only one that truly matters is Triple H. I think Stephanie will see the dollar signs behind something like that. And it, it, again, as long as the WWE benefits in some way and isn't made to look foolish, I think you, if Stephanie and Triple H are probably smart enough to be like, let's do it. Because I think you see the give and take, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we might lose this match. <clears throat> But we're going to pay out in the end. Sorry, Stan, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. So let, let's let's look at how we got here. You know, the, all the way to now, we've been talking about the possibilities. And man, it is so cool. So how do we get here? Well, Vince McMahon 
is under investigation, and so is John Laurinaitis. We know that. He couldn't keep his thing in his pants. That's what happened. That's why we're here. Today, it gets even bigger. Today, the WWE corporate team provides a new financial statement advising that Vince McMahon paid $14.6 million, not out of his pocket, out of the company's pocket. Oh. So, the retirement that was announced conveniently on Friday, just after the stock market had closed. Not a, not a stupid move, because their stock went up 8% today with the announcement of Triple H taking over creative. That's apparently what's being credited with the move. I'd buy stock if I had money. If, if I could do it now, I would do it. Not before he was removed. But with the announcement that $14.6 million came out of the WWE's pocket, Vince McMahon was essentially forced to, hey, you're not only retiring, but you were no longer on the board of directors. So for those fans and those people that were thinking they were so business savvy and saying that Vince could always hold a meeting and vote himself back in in, in charge, no, no, he can't. Vince McMahon is no longer on the board of directors. He may hold a lot of shares, and he does. He holds, uh, I want to say, like 80%. But the, as long as this company is publicly traded, and as long as he's not allowed on the board of directors, <clears throat> Vince McMahon is essentially powerless. Well, the problem is I'm pretty sure that's what you call embezzlement. Exactly. Which is? A felony. Oh, yes. Which is the other part of the Wall Street Journal's announcement today that SEC and federal prosecutors have advised about multiple investigations. So, yes, Vince, you did dodge a bullet with the steroid scandal. But you're not dodging this one because this is a lot more money. And this is a lot more people that were victimized. I don't see Vince McMahon getting clear of this. Unfortunately, I see Vince McMahon probably, probably declining health-wise very quickly. And uh, unfortunately, this is probably the end of, of, of a lot of those things that he was doing. Because if you can't pay for all the medicine that he was taking, and if you don't think Vince McMahon was on something, you, you got a lot of work to do. Well, well I also let's, see, not, uh, let's not get crazy. Well, I see this as, you know, those people that business is life, work is life, right? right. And they work, they work, they work, they work, and then they die short. They die short. And I'm not wishing that on anybody, but I'm saying as man no. is as involved as he was, for him to be at home on the sidelines, not of his wish, he didn't retire because he wanted to. He retired because the board said, you go or we're going to send you gone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it because this company, because he has said it, you know, the company is his life. I mean, hell, his wife walked and he didn't care. You know, well, I mean, he was paying people to Never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, but that's the thing. Like, that's what it worries you. Like, not doesn't worry me, but it's just, you know, that's the man right there. You know, his his life is this company. Well, let's not get crazy, y'all. Let's let's not let's not talk death or nothing. 
Well, uh, here's the thing, and, and and I think it's more to Rob's point than anything else. I'm not saying that it's a it's a sure thing. I guess you're right there. I can't really put it like that. But the bottom line is, I think that there's a lot of things that we're going to come to light here, and unfortunately, I just think it's really going to eliminate him from really any opportunity to ever return from this out of anything but historical recognition. Well, but however, let's back the truck up there about that. Right. So we have effectively erased other people out of existence for certain things. Right. I'm not just talking Benoit. There are others. Right. <clears throat> so why does he still get to profit from his past glories? Shouldn't he be erased also? That's he a should good be canceled. Question. That is a good question, and I think that that is where the importance of it being mainstream media rather than wrestling media reporting this is huge. It had to be somebody like the Wall Street Journal to report this. Otherwise, it would have been buried like they've done so many other stories in wrestling history. So with this now, you really don't have much choice, do you? How long it takes, I have no idea. But to me, it seems like you don't really have much choice. Yeah, I mean, you know, technically, I guess, uh, uh, was it Peacock or should probably start erasing, erasing people off that show? It's going to be interesting to see what happens next. We know John Laurinaitis is gone as well. And the leading story coming out of today's announcement is that Kevin Dunn is most likely next. Thank God. Let's get rid of the entire old guard, please. Let's just do that. Let's just wash them all away. <sighs> yeah, I, and you know what's what's probably going to wind up happening is the further this goes, mm -hmm. you're going to find more. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Ashley Massaro was on record multiple times stating that she felt like Vince McMahon was propositioning her. She's done. She did multiple interviews before she passed including conversations with Rene Dupree and uh, her friend Paul London, where she basically stated what Vince was attempting to do. Mm -hmm. And they are now going public with it again on their podcasts and other interviews. So where there's smoke, there's fire. There's from the 80s, Rita Chatterton, and I don't know the entirety of the story, only to say that it was essentially the same basic thing that Massaro stated. Um, Joy Giovanni is another name that's been listed. These are the names that have been made public, not the ones that have signed NDAs. If I had that information, I still wouldn't say it publicly because obviously they're trying to stay private. Um, but the people that have been public about it, that in and of itself should speak volumes, not to mention the fact that Maria Canellis has also asserted that this has happened with her too. Yeah, it's, it's not over. This is going <clears> to <throat> no. get uh, really bad really fast. Well, you can't tell me like y'all said. I mean, there's no way in hell that it's only four people. Right, right. At decades apart. You know? Well, 14.6 million is only what they found. Right. Well, yeah. And, and the people that, the ones that didn't have clout to make him pay. You know? Well, the ones that were not, they didn't have the clout behind them and stuff to get him to pay anything. The ones that, you know, 
shut up and and just did what they did and didn't and then now are sitting back going mother no so, no no yep. yeah but i would imagine like the the interesting thing here is you don't have to be smart to realize that if that occurred you have vents over a barrel right that is clearly sexual harassment in the the you know most grievous forms what in the world is she wearing and so you really have vents over a barrel so if he does this he's gonna pay like somehow some way whether you're gonna get a promotion or whatever i think ultimately so, he's gonna have to dump his stock and pay them well, they'll, I, they'll take him to civil suit you know and, and he'll lose in damages it wouldn't be the first time somebody that supposedly owns a company or a sports team or whatever has had to mm-hmm. sell well i mean look at papa john's Yep. I mean, he owned Papa John's and they voted him out. Yep. Cincinnati Reds. Um, the Houston Rockets. Yeah, there's been plenty of them. The owner uh, of the Lakers. You know, I mean, thing is, like like Brian said, he's going to devise this thing. But the, like, like I was saying, it's only the tip of the iceberg. Like yeah. the ones they have here. And it's going to be one of those that, the WWE is going to have corporation. The corporation is going to have to come to an agreement to be like, listen, you know, this is what we'll do. If you all just agree to like go after him and not us because mm-hmm. he's gone, you know, he's not here anymore. <laughs> yeah. But as big as this thing's probably going to get, cause again, the, the feds are probably still kind of miffed that they missed them the first go round. Oh yeah, and if you don't think that they hold a grudge for that, yeah, trust me. Like Look at OJ. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure though they they have are like I want to see the books from 2010. I want to see the books from 2000. I want to see the books yep. from 95. I want to, you know, what I'm saying they're going to probably go back all the way to the beginning. You know who the happiest people are right now? Forensic accounters. Because yeah. there's a whole bunch of forensic forensic accounters that just got contracted with the federal government. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of financials they're going to have to dive through. So there's a lot of work that's got to be done. I mean, and and to your point, yeah, we're, we we are probably barely scratching the surface mm-hmm. of what has been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, for a while it was completely unchecked. Not to say that it was right that it happened, but with no one watching him, of course he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. When you're the chairman of the board and you have the bank account and the checkbook and nobody says anything because you're Vince McMahon. Right. And see, then you're also probably going to find out those individuals that somebody else did it to mm-hmm. and he paid to cover up their issues. Because there's a reason a couple of the other of his cronies have also taken leave of absences yep. and left suddenly we've seen that with again with other organizations like the washington football team you know mm-hmm. like there were several people in their front office that just quit like the guy who always led their broadcasts you know and his name got dropped in the whole thing when it first broke so we're yep. gonna see it mm-hmm. so uh, you know it's obvious that the the energy in WWE is in flux. There's a lot of transition. There's a lot of positivity coming out of all of this. 
So it's not to say that it's all negative. We know Triple H has taken over creative and talent relations. We know Stephanie McMahon is co-CEO with Nick Khan. Not Tony, but Nick. Um, Tony's cousin. Yeah, probably. It's all been a work from the beginning. (laughs) The cons are taking over. All I can tell you is this. I mean, I I can say that this is probably the first time in a long time that there's actual excitement for what could be. That's the first time I've seen Alexa Bliss come to the ring smiling for the longest time. That's true. (laughs) Uh, From Fightful Select, uh, we get a report here. Triple H held a talent meeting before Raw, essentially advising the talent that, hey, they know that there was uh, some transparency that was lacking under the previous regime. He said he wants open lines of communication between himself and the talent. Waiting for hours for the opportunity to maybe speak to Vince McMahon had become commonplace in recent years with FaceTime with him dwindling. And he wants that to change. He also wants that to be, wants it to be known that the workplace should be fun. I think that's a pretty strong statement from a guy that just wants to see things turn around. And I think we'll see that turn around pretty quick. Um, What happens is probably not going to be more evident than after SummerSlam. We're probably going to see them close the loop on a lot of things this weekend. Right. And that's what I was saying in the C2C chat was I don't see them pulling the plug and all of a sudden changing SummerSlam a week into it, week before. They're going to follow the stories as they do. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see Monday and Tuesday and third and Friday, whenever the hell SmackDown is. That's when you'll start seeing them start putting the pieces together. You know, like... I don't like Austin Theory. Never have. Um, and I could see them doing an angle where maybe they bring out, you know, Bobby Lashley or, um, you know, someone else and say, all right, you think you're big and bad? Put up the, put up the briefcase, mm-hmm. you know? And then, oh, lo and behold, he loses it. And now somebody else, the person they want to have, you know, the money in the bank has it. So from there, we look at uh, this past week's Dynamite. Um, kind of a 50,000 feet overview. Brody King again squashes Darby Allen. Blackpool Combat Club squashes the best friends. Hey, listen, and- time out. Time out. I think you two had a little homework to do. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. We got about 14 minutes, so that's about seven that? minutes apiece. All right. And I want to hear from you two. I'm not in, I'm not, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Huh? Rob, Rob, the question from last week was simple. Would the four Without horsemen... paying attention. <laughs> would the four horsemen and Roddy Piper been as big, excuse me, let me fix that. Would it have been as big of a deal if Roddy Piper had joined the original iteration of the Four Horsemen in the NWA? That was and who the gets who gets left out? And who gets left out? That's a yeah. bigger part. Mm. You want to think on it, and I'll take the first. I mean, it's not. I mean, think from thinking for me is not like my strong suit. So, um, <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> filtering things are not my strong suit. 
Ask everybody. They're like, oh, I wish you had a filter. Um, I would say that he built his career being that villain that said whatever he wanted to get the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and moved from territory to territory doing just that. Um, but he also backed it up. So I kind of feel like if he was in the original Four Horsemen, it would have had a huge impact because of the star power that he already had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you don't have the horseman unless you have Oli, you know, but he could definitely have taken that Barry Wyndham, Lex Luger, Oli role. No, no. Yeah. The first, the first group. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of going in, I would say originally he would replace Tully. Hmm. Because Ole and Arn, you know, and Ric Flair, obviously you can't replace Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. But Roddy Piper with that mouth at that time would damn close to replace Ric Flair. But, um, but I would say Tully. Wow. When when you consider what the Horsemen were before Roddy Piper was even part of that the, this question, it's hard to really pick it apart. Especially like who you would remove from the original set. I actually would say that if it's Roddy Piper, Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen together, I would immediately get rid of Ole Anderson. Recognizing Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, knowing their potential, that's the benefit of knowing what we know now, knowing the the potential for them as a tag team, Piper and Flair could constantly have a game of one-upsmanship on the microphone, in the ring. The feuds between... And ultimately, what would lead to, you know, an iconic, almost like Flair Sting kind of situation where Piper and Flair ultimately have the feud to end all feuds, so to speak. Um, Piper only only soars into the stratosphere. Piper ultimately wins a world championship out of that. Ric Flair continues his dominance and maybe even goes past the 17 world championships. Um simply because of that feud, because of how many times they could trade the title back and forth. Because we all know that Flair ultimately was going to feud and did with Ole Anderson and even later with Arn for a brief amount of time, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, and so on. So, yeah, I'd say it's bigger, and I'd say that Piper only gets to a, a bigger status faster. Hmm. So, but you both think that it probably would have been the horseman would have been a bigger deal with him yes. in it. Yes. Yeah. What about you, sir? Well, it was my question. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not trampling on history like you two little. Jezebel's. Oh, so you don't think it would have? 
No, I'm, I'm going to ask I'm the not, question, but I'm not. It's not good enough for me to answer. I'm not. Right, I'm not right. saying that. I'm just saying it was my hypothetical question, and I just wanted to hear y'all's thoughts on it. So Brian's basically, and I'll take your answer off the air. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll <laughs> see your question and give you no response. Yeah, well, I mean, it was never meant for me. It was for you two to do homework. Oh. So you didn't do any homework for that? You just, boom, right off the dome. What? did I, No, I thought of the question that day. Like, literally, again, I saw the, the what was it, Facebook? Yeah, I think it was Facebook where they were doing uh, an early, oh, not early, but I'd say probably, uh, it was probably, what did Flair, Flair tell Harley? It was the summer of Flair or something. Or something he said he was going to chase them all summer long. So I would imagine it was probably going into his third uh, championship. Because let's see, he beat Harley. If I remember right, Harley, Dusty, and then Harley Oh, yeah, that again. was the flair for the gold summer. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm pretty sure this is the this is ultimately leading into the dog collar match. Mm-hmm. So it's before that stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. But again, yeah, they're like... You know, they're just kind of standing there with Coddle and, you know, they're talking a little bit and both of them are kind of good guys, you know, and, you know, hey, I'm here with my best friend type of thing. And then it dawned on me, I said, well, they were that good of friends. Why wasn't Piper a horseman? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I, I'm pretty sure he does leave shortly after the dog collar match, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what if, what if Piper had stayed and became a horseman? How big would it have gotten? And then again, the question is, you have to ask, who gets left behind? Hmm. I am kind of like Rob. I think Tully would be the odd man out. Um, Yes. To a point. Only to a point. Um, Because, you know, the horsemen did kind of do the whole associate thing. Mm-hmm. So you could have easily kept Tully as an associate, which then would have kept JJ as the mouthpiece. So you could have played out a lot of the storylines could have still played out. Um, but again, you would have had Piper, who which ultimately probably would have sent one of the storylines nuclear to the point that that faction could have rivaled Hogan. Not saying that, like, you know, the rock and wrestling cartoon and type stuff, but I think Piper and Flair together for any length of time mm-hmm. probably would have set the NWA, like, just literally cliff diving. <laughs> like, they would have, <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. They would have been Thelma yeah. and Louise in this thing, you know, yeah. you go, we go type stuff. And... Well, and that's what, that's why I think that, because ultimately it becomes Flair versus Piper. Right. And you know, come on, Flair versus Piper in the '90s was a cool concept. It was a cool idea. Remember, I mm. scare Flair when mm-hmm. Flair first got the WWF. That was good stuff. But what could have happened in the '80s? '80s. Holy yes. shit! That's yes. that's that's Piper saying you don't throw rocks at a man holding a machine gun. That's Piper saying you know, <laughs> here, monkey man, want to climb on trees? It's that's Piper that we know. 
yeah. that were like, oh shit. You like a coconut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because for all the antics in the WWE or F at the time, whatever you want to call it, yep. I think the Crockett's, because again, you got to remember this kind of formed naturally, right? You know, it, yeah. it starts with the whole Arn Anderson showing up and, you know, then he's, he's an Anderson, he's with Ole, and then all of a sudden, well, Flair's at Cousins, which brings him into the mix. And then, you know, Tully's just kind of like, hey, hey, guys, uh, they told me we got to cut an interview. And Arn goes out and says, not since the horsemen of the apocalypse have four, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> but God, I mean, think about it. If Piper was there, the, the faction itself could have literally, like, rivaled anything out of New York. Wow. So I know we've only got a couple minutes left here. On the Wikipedia for the Four Horsemen, because I was looking up the, the different members, at the bottom it says for the future. In 2022, Arn Anderson secured the copyrights to the Four Horsemen name and images. Mm-hmm. A tag team consisting of his son, Brock Anderson, and Brian Pillman Jr., son of late horseman Brian Pillman, representing the Four Horsemen, was announced to wrestle at Jim Crocker Promotions event Ric Flair's last match with yep. Arn Anderson managing and signaling signaling a possible full-time return of the faction. Mm-hmm. And again, that's... Mm-hmm. Damn it. So, yeah, but think about it, right? So, they don't necessarily have to spearhead anything right now. Mm-hmm. Right? But they can form a faction and just get enough exposure to where they could quietly swipe tag team gold or mm-hmm. maybe you know you already have an established tag team you don't you don't quite know how this will play out you know maybe maybe they are the tag team or you get you know who knows how this plays out but and again it's not for now it's let's see what happens six months down the road who leads that potential new four horsemen uh, well, with them two, it'd have to be two young guys. You know what I'm saying? MJF? Somebody, maybe. Somebody that can talk on the mic. Mm-hmm. Somebody has got world title potential. Mm-hmm. And again, this they could just run this through the indies. They don't necessarily have to put it on AEW. Very true. They can run through the indies until this builds up enough momentum that then they show up at AEW. Then the whole world's like, oh, crap. You know? Who let, uh, the horsemen are here. <laughs> There's a lot of potential there. Very, very exciting potential. Yeah, especially if Brock wrestles anything like his dad. Yeah, if he picks up on any of his mannerisms and technique, there's yeah. there's a, a big future for him. Pillman Jr., I think, has a big future, too. I think he's just scratching the surface of what he's got. Um, Hey, we're coming up on it. You can catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Dragool C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C2C. And catch up with me at Stan Grubb. The show is at C2C Radio Show on Twitter and C2C Radio Show.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, Dubby Energy Drink. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Use the promo code of C2C Radio. Get yourself 10% off and get some energy into your system 
Holla, as holla. a matter of fact, get yourself some Beach and Peach Mega White Peach Cooler. Get it today with coupon code of C2C Radio. And stay away from the Los Calientes Roja Pringles. <laughs> that sounds like something that'll kill an O-ring. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they burn. Yeah, they burn. Uh, this weekend, we got Ric Flair's last match. Go to rickflairslastmatch.com to get a load of that huge, huge card. Um, we ran out of time before we could really delve through it, but damn, that's going to be a hell of a show. You got SummerSlam, of course, on Saturday, um, and Dynamite this coming week. Brian Danielson is back. Tons to go through. We will see you next time right here on c2cradioshow.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We're out of here. My name is Stan. I'm dressed like a woman. What the hell? <laughs> Watch, they'll have fixed it now, and we'll be running over like five minutes. <laughs> We've got <laughs> 35 seconds still. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's You'll the only there. thing. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that's the only thing I don't like about the uh, setup is that it cuts us off at a hard 120. Or yeah, well, now you know. So we just have work around. Deuces. Time to shut up. Yep. See you guys. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.